Welcome back, everyone. This is the Red and Yellow Kingdom podcast. I'm your host, Scott, joined by Rich with your average everyday Chiefs talk. All of our episodes are available on most streaming platforms. Just search for the Red and Yellow Kingdom podcast. You can also listen to all of our episodes directly on our Facebook page or check us out on Twitter and Instagram for our latest episodes and up-to-date Chiefs news. All right, so last episode that we recorded, we kind of were focusing, uh, or starting our focus, I, I should say, on the upcoming NFL draft. That is this Thursday. Um, that is two days away. And we kind of just broke down uh, kind of on the offensive side of the ball. So uh, this episode, we're actually going to uh, continue with that. And uh, we're going to focus more on the defensive talent um, uh, for uh, who the Chiefs might be looking at uh, taking in the draft. Um, as well, leading up into our final episode on the draft, or at least a preview, I guess you'd say, on the draft on Thursday, we'll have our mock draft right before the draft. So just a recap, um, or I guess you would say a review of the draft picks that the Chiefs have uh, for the draft uh, this Thursday. Uh, we have two first-round picks, uh, number 29 and number 30. Uh, we have two round two picks, number 50 and number 62. We have two round three picks, uh, number 94 and 103. We have two round four picks at 121 and 135. And then we do not have any round five or round six picks. We have four in the final round, uh, round seven. That's 233, 243, 251, and 259, which that brings the total of 12 picks the Chiefs have currently for the draft. All right, Rich, so uh, stepping into the defensive side of the ball for the Chiefs, what kind of positions uh, do you think that the Chiefs will be focusing on the defensive side of who they might be taking? So this one's, uh, you could say every position on defense is a position of need because overall we just need much more talent on that side of the ball. Um, for me, I'm going to say cornerback is one because – uh, and, and even though technically a good defensive end makes your corners better or a good pass rush makes your corners better. But Legereus Need had a down year last year after a, a good rookie one. Um, and then Rashad Vincent, those are really the only two bona fide starters that we still have on the roster with DeAndre Baker, um, you know, kind of being uncertain with his health issues, so on and so forth. Um, so for me, number one position I need is quarterback. Would love to have a good press man corner um, that can start, you know, day one for us. Number two is defensive end. And I say both the left end and the right end. So both strong side and weak side. You've got Frank Clark, who we brought back. And then we don't really know what's going on on the other side. Um, you know, they talked about Melvin Ingram, bringing Melvin Ingram back for a while there. Um, and, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Josh Kando and a few of those other guys. So that's my next one. Followed by this one might be a surprise to some folks, but to me, defensive tackle is a priority for us because Chris Jones um, was moved outside, moved back inside. He was a little bit better. But statistically speaking, his best year as a defensive lineman was when we were still in a 3-4 set. And um, he seems to play better when he can line up a little bit further out than your typical defensive tackle. Now, not as far as the defensive end, right? But um, something's of that nature. So if we brought someone else up the middle that could really help him out, 
Um, you know, Frank Clark doesn't have to do as much as we're asking him to do. And again, right, that secondary looks better. So um, the last one for me really is just depth the linebacker. You have Nick Bolton, who is great at stopping the run. I mean, he did a great job there in his coming out party on Derrick Henry when we played the Titans. In coverage, he's a little bit of a liability. I mean, he's not terrible. He's not great. He's a kind of right in the middle. Willie Gay is good as well, but he's kind of injured every now and then. So linebacker, you can have, have enough speedy coverage linebackers in today's NFL. So those are my big four positions, like I said, with corner and defensive end being the top two. No, I agree with that too as well. Um, definitely with the absence of uh, Jarvarius Ward um, and kind of the uncertainty we have at that cornerback position, I think that's pretty much uh, number one. But you could kind of almost say even defensive end is not only uh, number one, two, those both could be with cornerback 1A and defensive end 1B or even flip-flopped. Uh, those are just two of the most important positions uh, just because even like you said, the defensive end, you don't know what we get on the other side. Um, you know, from Frank Clark. And obviously we, we've seen that his uh, productivity is kind of diminished too, at least recently. So um, I definitely would agree with that with the cornerback and defensive end being uh, pretty much those top spots. Um, so moving on, uh, Rich, I guess I'll send it back over to you. And I know you'll um, going to break down a few players from each position uh, that the Chiefs will be looking at taking in the draft. Yeah, for sure. So this might be a little bit of a longer list, but I'm going to hit you with some names at each position. And then we can chat about them um, just because, you know, we don't need to talk about all these guys. I'll talk to you. I'll name off some folks, and then we'll go in depth on a few folks that I really like. So we'll start off with the cornerback position, um, and let me back up, right? So these are projected one uh, top, let's say, 64 picks, so first two rounds. Um, again, right, what happens on day three uh, is – is really unpredictable compared to rounds right. one and two. I mean, one and two are, are very difficult to predict as well, but round three is just completely different. So, again, right, call out some names that are projected, let's say, top three rounds of the NFL draft. Um, my first one at the cornerback spot is Andrew Booth Jr. from Clemson, a good coverage corner who would, would without a doubt, be a scheme fit for us. You can leave him out there on an island. He'll do well man-to-man. Uh, he had an amazing interception, like a one-handed grab that's out there on YouTube, um, so check it out. But again, right, just a um, consistently good man-to-man -man coverage corner in Andrew Booth Jr. That's, let's say, realistically speaking, because I don't think we have a chance at Sauce Gardner, Derek Stingley, or um, Trip McDuffie, who are the top three corners at the moment, unless we trade up, right? So Andrew Booth is my one. Um, after that, the next two guys um, are probably more of that late one, somewhere around round two, and that's Daxon Hill from Michigan. He played a little bit of like a hybrid safety slash nickel corner. Um, according to BFF, he had one of the best coverage grades um, overall for college football. Now, I understand the Big Ten is not, you know, an aired out type uh, conference like the Big 12 is, but... I really like his skill set and his moving ability. He, again, would be someone that would fit that press man coverage that Spagnuolo likes to play a lot. So that's another big name. And then um, the next two guys, actually, um, Roger McCreary from Auburn. This guy is just physical. He is a um, has great movement. Um, if you want to, let's say, go watch his combine, 
and just watch how fluidly he turns his hips. Um, he's up there with Trent McDuffie, like I said, who is um, supposed to be the one of the most mobile corners in this draft. So, yeah, I think he will, without a doubt, be there late round one, definitely two, uh, probably two as well. And then my last guy, this is one of those maybe not uh, on the top of everybody's corner board, but I really like what I see in this guy, and his name is Martin Emerson from Mississippi State. Long corner, um, like 6'1", a little bit over 200 pounds, has 34-inch arms, right? And for those folks that don't know, this is a super cool stat that I um, heard on, on another podcast. And I guess like in the last 10 years, there's only one corner who has made the Pro Bowl who had arms that were 33 inches and shorter. So in a position right, where you're running backwards all the time, following the most mm-hmm. skilled guy on the field, you have to turn and look for a ball and swat it away, hopefully, with your with your hands or with your arm and hands. It helps having length, right? So Martin Emerson from Mississippi State is a guy that he's not only physical. I mean, the guy loves to hit. He hits like a safety. Um, but he's long, lanky, kind of reminds me of Traverius Ward, maybe with a little bit more mobility and more willingness to hit. So those are my, my big four names at the corner spot. And, you know, of course, we've got a few more to – to just call out, but you know, what do you think about when hearing some of those names? So I'm just going to pick out one, so I won't make this lengthy, probably. But um, Daxton Hill uh, from Michigan, he is a guy that um, I had seen. He's very fast. He's um, explosive to be at a safety. Obviously, like you mentioned, could be that guy to take over that. I would say that cornerback position that Honey Badger liked to play a lot in Spagnuolo's coverage. Um, so I can see him filling in nicely there. Uh, I guess the only thing I think the, I think there was only thing that really uh, was different that I didn't like from him was um, he kind of needs to be a little bit um, aggressive when it comes to being a tackler, um, a little bit of run support. But outside of that, I mean, he's so fast that he's athletic that uh, a lot of teams could see him just being a full-time cornerback. Um, but um, Daxon Hill would be um, one of the top ones that I would think the Chiefs would be looking at taking. Looks like most of the mock drafts that I've seen has him at least at 29 or 30, uh, depending on if the Chiefs stay with those picks. But um, just want to talk talked about him, but I think he is um, uh, a heavy hitter when it comes to uh, you know selecting him if the Chiefs get a chance to get him. Uh, so moving on to... Would it be the defensive ends? What do you got for them? From a defensive end perspective, right, there are a lot more names here because and this is a very deep defensive end class. Um, after the first two to three big-time names in Aiden Hutchinson, Trayvon Walker, and Kayvon Thibodeau, um, who are guys that should go no later than top 10, um, there's a there's a good list of names um, that will be should be available anywhere from 10 to you know, 64 in the 70s, right? So my favorite guys, I think that will realistically be available for the Chiefs. Um, my first one is Boye Mafe from Minnesota. Man, this guy is explosive off the ball. He kind of reminds me of Tomba, maybe a little bit bigger, but just explosive right off the snap. Um, has to get better with pastoral skills, but I think everyone does for the most part coming out of college. Um, so that's my big one who I think – he is someone who should be available, but I can also see him going, you know, um, like to Dallas or something, even in the early 20s to a few other teams. So Boya Mafe from Minnesota is my 
my let's say one to watch. Oh, excuse me. Um, a guy that I've just recently started studying a little bit more is someone who I think is that um, you know a kind of like a Aiden Hutchinson light, and his name is Cameron Thomas out of San Diego State. He reminds me of you know uh, of Mad Max from the Raiders, just a big, tall, lanky defensive end who has a motor, doesn't have the best pass rush moves, um, elite strength or elite speed, but he. He's like real. He's like good at a lot of things, but his motor is through the roof, right? So, in the NFL, sometimes those guys do really, really well. Um, he, he's a big dude. He's like six five to late sixties, two seventy. So again, right? Someone that you could line up out there in our four rush in our four down lineman system, and just have him go at the the quarterback. He's also good at stopping in the run. So he's someone who I think will probably carry into the second round. Um. So that's another big name. And then, really, I'll give you one name, and I'll talk a little bit about him. And then there's a few others that I just want to mention by name um, because they're big names. Maybe they didn't have the greatest senior year or senior – or I shouldn't say senior, but last year. So my last guy to go in-depth about is Josh Pascal from Kentucky. He was, if I'm not mistaken, an all-SEC first-teamer. Um, he is a bigger defensive end right, you know, somewhere around that 260, 270 range. Good at stopping the run. Not the most explosive off the line, um, but still good at rushing the passer. So he's more, he's definitely your strong side defensive end. So he should go opposite side of uh, Frank Clark. But he's just a guy that is good at football. And, you know, sometimes you just need guys that are good at football. You can get them coached up in the NFL, and, and they end up being really good pros. So those are my three names that I'll go in-depth about. And then there's just a few others who um, are, are worth a mention. David Ajabo. From Michigan, the guy that tore his Achilles at his pro day, talent through the roof, production is really, really good. Um, but he's obviously coming off an Achilles injury, and a, as a Chiefs fan, we hear that Achilles injury, and everyone thinks of Eric Berry and his extensive time being out, right? So, uh, David Ajabo is another one, and then um, Kingsley Anabre from South Carolina, an amazing pass rusher. Really fast off the line, but he's more of a 3-4 outside backer, so he'd be probably solely dedicated to rushing the passer. Um, so that's an interesting name. So, yeah, from a defensive end perspective, those are my guys. Um, you know, our list has anywhere from, what, like 8 to 10 names that I've caught up that might be available. And there's a lot there with defensive end. Um, I mean, as you, I saw your list that you had sent earlier, and there's definitely a ton of them that you can kind of select from. I'm just going to, um, you know, I'm going to say that I wish the Chiefs were in the position to take this person, but I think the best one would be Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. Um, obviously, I think in the draft, I think even over uh, Trevon Walker and um, Adian Hutchinson, I would think, I just think Jermaine Johnson's a, a stud. He's a beast. I, I, I would love that the Chiefs had the opportunity to get him, but that's realistically probably not going to happen. Yeah, um, they have to trade up to make that happen. Yeah, and they're not gonna they're not gonna trade up probably for him if they trade up. Uh, I think uh, it's it sounds more like some other position we might talk about here a little bit. Um, but um, so the guy that uh, I'll talk about is kind of you mentioned this actually a second ago was um, as you said it's David Ojabu from uh, Michigan I believe is how you pronounce his last name. Um, and like you mentioned that he had um, you know basically uh, you know torn his Achilles. I think it was back in March, right? March seventeenth yeah, uh, or something like that. It was like recently, right? Yeah, um, pro day. So yeah, on his pro day. So like, um, 
obviously he's not going to be a day one guy. I don't, it's, it would be tough to really see him early in day two. Um, I could see him being a late second, maybe mid third, possibly just because of of that injury and that little scare. But if he does come back to be as near the the player he was before he got hurt, I think it's a steal for any team who gets him. Oh yeah. Uh, He could, he kind of, and I know you mentioned Tom Ali about someone else, but he kind of reminds me a little bit of Tom Ali, not just because he's from Nigeria or anything like that, but I think he just has some of the same the skill sets. Um, the only thing is he only he's only played twenty games in his whole college career. I think it's six hundred and twenty snaps total. Um, but yeah, like a year um, and a half, right? Yeah. So people are talking about well, you know, I've heard some things that maybe if he does come back as a player as he as he was. He can develop into being even a better player than his teammate, um, Adian Hutchinson, possibly yep. as well. Yeah, that's so, what a lot of people were saying about him. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's 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 a it's a very interesting pick. I don't see obviously the Chiefs taking him the, those first two picks in the first round. Maybe Veach bites on one of the ones in the second round. Who knows if he's you know if he's still around or not? But he was the one that I was you know kind of focusing on and looking in to see um, you know where he goes in this draft. Uh, and then I, th- I think you have uh, coming up next. I believe you have some. Uh, what is it? Uh, what do I have next on here? Oh yeah, defensive tackles. Defensive That's right. Tackles, a couple yeah. of defensive tackles to talk about. Yeah, so defensive tackles is weird because there's there's a, a few guys that'll probably go round one, and then there's kind of a big drop off. The rest are definitely uh, high risk picks. But um, man, if if this guy happened to be available, let's say somewhere in the twenties. I'd be all for them moving up because I absolutely love this kid in Jordan Davis from Georgia. Man is like 360, 6'5, 360. And he ran a, what was it, like a 4'7 or 4'8 at the com? I don't know, something like that. Um, super athletic, can jump through. I mean, just an athletic dude for how big he is. You hear all the stuff and watch all the videos about him, and he's just a good, like, he's just a football nerd, right? And just a cool kid, good vibe, and all this stuff. So if he were to be there, he is hey, and, and I was gonna say, and guess where his hometown is? Somewhere in North uh, Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina. Yep. There you go. <laughs> so, um, with man, like I said, if he was available, it'd be great having him because he is a run stopper. He can rush the passer when you're that big. The NFL, everyone's good, so it's not as easy as the SEC would have in comparison to the NFL. But Jordan Davis would be your your run clogger. He's more of a three four nose tackle than he is a four three defensive end. But Georgia played. Um, several fronts, and he was always in. So if you if you got Jordan Davis, you had a chance at him in the 20s, I'd be perfectly fine the Chiefs trading up for him because you put him next to Chris Jones and then, you know, worry about getting a defensive end or a pass rusher in the second round, second and third rounds. Man, that's an amazing line. And he's, like I said, you, you just, when you're a good team, you add talented players and you coach them up. And he is not only a productive player, but he's just amazingly athletic. Um, Travis Jones, the guy from UConn, he's someone who rose up draft boards in at the Senior Bowl. Really good with the hands. Probably a little bit of a better pass rusher than than Jordan Davis because he's a little bit smaller. He's probably like forty pounds smaller. Um, but he, he's he's a good. He'd be a good dude to add like from a pass rushing perspective, and should also be their late round one. Devontae Wyatt is the only other name that a lot of folks have in the first two rounds from a defensive tackle perspective. Um, another Georgia guy. Um, he was more of, he's a little bit more, I shouldn't say athletic, but, um, he's more of your typical smaller defensive tackle. And well, I guess everyone's smaller compared to Jordan Davis, but 
Um, the only thing I don't like about Devontae Wyatt, he's 24 years old. So he didn't, he'd end up, um, and actually he just turned 24 like a month ago. So, you know, you're technically two to three years older than most rookies, right? So, um, all that stuff matters, you know, when it comes to drafting players. So again, um, like I said, if, if Jordan Davis is available within the twenties and Brett Beach decided to move up for him, man, that'd be, a, that'd be a great pick. You know what it reminds me of, and it's funny because, you know, last time I think about two great defensive end or tackle guys um, from the same school, and, you know, you, one team gets the better one, the other one gets the other team. I start. I always think back to Ryan Sims, the whole Julius Peppers, Ryan Sims thing. I'm not saying that this is the same. That name. Yeah. I don't not say this is the same comparison, but um, <laughs> uh, I, I, think, I think obviously Davis is the better player. I, I'm obviously – you talked him up so much; it's kind of hard for me to even talk anything more about him because he how good, um, athletic he is for a big guy. You know, uh, was it three hundred and forty-one pounds? I think you said that ran a four point seven eight. So, um, yeah, if he's there, obviously, I, I think he's going to have to be somebody. Obviously, the Chiefs would probably have to trade up a little bit to get, um, and he would be like you said, it would be good to kind of have him next to Chris Jones, and we can get that um, defensive end in the second round. Heck, maybe even take the guy we talked about from Michigan, uh, you know, David Ojabu, you know, maybe if he's there or something like that, and he could end up maybe eventually developing the defensive end. But, um, yeah, there's really – after, I think, Davis and Wyatt, um, and then you mentioned Travis Jones from UConn, there really is kind of a like a drop-off. Like, everything else is kind of like, eh, these guys are maybe project player or, yeah, project players that's possible that, um, you know, they even – you know, end up turning out to be something or not. But um, the guys that you mentioned and maybe even Logan Hall, who I just didn't hear a whole lot about too as well. It's a, probably another second round um, range for defensive tackle. That's really about it um, outside of that. But um, if if it was my pick from this group, um, it would probably be someone more like Jordan Davis if the Chiefs had a chance to get him. Yeah, that would uh, be, so, that'd be a fun pick. I think so too. I, I if the Chiefs trade up to get him, I wouldn't be mad at all. I would not be mad at all. Uh, not and I'm not trying to say biased because he's from Charlotte, North Carolina, but uh, <laughs> it, it'd also be a good good to have him uh, next to Chris Jones because that would just be a scary tandem, uh, especially if if George Davis could live up to uh, the hype of what he has done so far in college. Uh, so moving on to our final thoughts topic, um, basically from everything we kind of mentioned today on the defensive players. Uh, which one of these ones do you think the Chiefs would take at uh, 29, 30? Heck, maybe even two players that we mentioned today probably take for those uh, first-round picks. And you can even mention second round as well. Yeah, so in all my mocks that I've done, um, I always in some way end up, um, from a defensive standpoint, with Roger McQuarrie from Auburn in the corner. Um, that's one of the guys that I constantly get there at that 29th or 30th pick. And then Boye Mafe is usually um, available as well at the 29th or 30th pick. So if come draft day, we draft McCreary and um, Mafe with our two first-round picks, I would be as happy as could be from a round one perspective. So me, it just keep I keep hitting on it that I think that for at least for 29, if we got Daxton Hill, I think that's probably – the guy I'd be looking at just because I just still think there's a lot of questions there with um, 
even though we signed, uh, you know, Reed, Justin Reed, safety, and um, I think Thornhill's a free agent at the end of this year. I think that would be a good fill um, that he could possibly turn into someone that we could definitely use for either, like I said, at safety or cornerback. So I, I have him at 29, uh, at least for right now, but he actually could be 30 as well. It's, it's kind of funny. It's like, well, really, the Chiefs have two picks back-to-back, so it's like, well, I mean, you could pick either – you could pick either one. It's like when the fantasy football, you know, if you have the, if you're doing the snake draft and you have one at the end, and then you come back and you have another pick. It's like back to back. It's like who cares really what's uh, 29 and 30, except for actually in NFL standards. I don't, I don't know. Maybe the player gets paid a little bit more, obviously, right? Yeah. But, so that's uh, what I was gonna <laughs> say. Is really that's the only aspect that matters. I mean, it's one pick, but I mean that's still money. You know, like I think the guaranteed money or the or your max contract is slightly different. So for them, it matters. For us, it doesn't. Right. So, um, but I, I would still say um, uh, Daxon Hill for me. And I can't remember uh, if you talked a whole lot about him, but um, the guy from Florida, cornerback, uh, um, I can't even pronounce his first name. Yeah, you know, Kyle Elam. Kyle Elam. Elam. Kyle Elam. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, I hey, think he'll be our. Players. <laughs> That's what I figured. No, I figured he'd be our number 30th pick. Uh, just because I I really like how he's kind of I think kind of like Ward. Um, he's both they're both six one. He definitely has the um that man to man kind of press coverage, especially with his size and his length. Um, for a guy like him, the only thing is obviously um I think his technique got a little bit lazy. I think last year, so hopefully he'll you know fix that. But um, he's actually probably more of my thirtieth pick. But I would have to go with um. Uh, have to go with both Hill and Elam as my two picks in the first round uh, for right now. Yeah, see, for me, like, I know you shouldn't scout the logo and all that stuff, but, man, like, Florida corners, I don't know what it is about them when they hit the NFL, but they're bad. Joe Hayden is maybe the only Florida corner Mm -hmm. I can remember in forever that actually had a decent NFL career because, like, Vernon Hargraves. um, Oh, there's one more guy, and I can't think of him. Um, the guy that just got traded either to Jacksonville or uh, from You're Jacksonville. talking about Jenkins? No, no. Janoris no. Jenkins. Yeah, I guess he was another good one. But he got kicked out of Florida and then yeah. went to like some D2 or – yeah, D2 school. Oh, my yeah. God, I forgot his name. Um, ah, I don't know. But um, yeah. yeah, he was – oh, Henderson is his last name. So uh, CJ Henderson went yeah, to the Panthers. CJ Henderson. So – it's something about those Florida corners, and like I said, I know you're not supposed to scout the helmet. I completely understand that. But, I mean, just like sometimes USC players hit the NFL and they're not as good as what they were at USC, um, it, there's there's something in the water about it, right? There's something to entertain there. But, you know, to each their own. Kerry Elam, he's super athletic, and he's a good player, no doubt. Um, but, yeah, and I can't root for Florida Gators. In any uh, I hear that. Well, hey, Tommy Townsend is a punter. Let's <laughs> kidding. <laughs> no, um, we can we can lose our punter too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I think there's really only one good punter on the on the, one of the guys' board that we took from earlier today. So there's not really any punters. But uh, hopefully the Chiefs don't draft a punter because we don't need one. Just joking there. But um, so actually, just real quick. So I, I actually did have a final final thought one because I had a part two of this one. So um, there's been rumors flying around. Now, obviously, you know how true it is. Um, obviously, the Chiefs have 12 picks, and 
you know, most likely they might be looking to move some of those picks around somewhere uh, moving up. But uh, the latest rumor is, and I believe it was um, Sports Illustrated came out with even the actual official source from it, um, saying that Veach um, was trying to move up in the top 15, top 20. Uh, there's been says that uh, we'll be trying to get up to as high as number 12 where Minnesota is at, uh, which – I think I was reading possibly we might be giving up a one next year to do so. I, I don't know exactly, you know, what would all it take to do that. But um, supposedly the, Ch the Chiefs are really high on uh, Jamison Williams, the wide receiver from Alabama. Uh, kind of mixed results on that just because, you know, a lot of people don't really think like he could be, you know, make a, like a Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. And that's pretty high to draft a wide receiver to think like somebody could be really good, especially if you do end up giving up um, a first-round pick for next year to do that. But um, I guess what I'm kind of getting at is, is that something, Rich, do you think that the Chiefs, uh, you know, maybe look to do? I mean, it's I just think that's a it's a pretty risky pick, uh, uh, move up to do that to draft him. But what do you think on that? See, I'm on the complete opposite end. If, if there is one player in this draft, aside from like the one to two to three picks, that I think could make an immediate impact. And if he hadn't torn his ACL in the national championship, he would without a doubt probably be a top five pick. And he still might. Um, Jamison Williams, he is really explosive, has great hands, runs good routes. Like I was watching this YouTube video on his maturity as a route runner, even in, I mean, in, he's at Alabama, right? I mean, he was at Ohio State, transferred to Alabama. So two great wide receiver schools. And he was running routes better than Tyreek Hill, right? Um, so I really, really like him. If we gave up a one for next year, I wouldn't like that because I think next year's draft is much more loaded and it'll right. be deeper than this one. So even if, 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 I would like to give up like a one, a two, and a three of this year. That would be cool to move up from 29 to 12. But Minnesota, I don't think would do that. We'd have to give them some, you know, two ones. So even if, man, like, even if we gave a 29 and 30 for the 12, if Jamison Williams is there, because that means he, did, he isn't drafted by 11, then I'd be okay with it because ACL tears nowadays aren't what they were like 10 years ago. And – I've seen him moving and stuff like that, um, not full-fledged sprinting and cutting and all that, but it's just the medicine and the science behind how to repair those things has gotten so much better. So for me, mm -hmm. I don't know about giving up like two ones. I'd be, eh, you know, I'd be kind of weary of it, but man, he's, he's explosive and he would without a doubt be at minimum our second best wide receiver and potentially our first best wide receiver. And the thing is, you don't have to play him until maybe like November. So it'd be later in the season for sure. Yeah, right. It might be yeah the second half of this of the season. You know, playoffs hopefully. Um, and like I said, he's just really, really explosive and a really good wide receiver. Um, he's he's not like um, Jamar Chase, powerful, probably just as explosive. He's taller than Jamar, if I'm not mistaken. He's skinnier. Um, but he's like a, and I'm trying to give you a comparison on what we can think of, man. I, I'd honestly almost say like a Chad Johnson. Um, Interesting. So, or a Ocho Cinco, whatever he kept yeah. in the as, right? So, yeah, those are my thoughts. 
on that trade or those trade talks. And, uh, man, for some reason, I have, like, a little feeling that we're going to make a trade and we're going to move up. And um, Yeah, because this says, this says right here it would potentially trade in 29, number 50 in the first round for next year. You know, I'd almost be like, give them 29, give them both seconds, and maybe even a third to do it so you – to we still to still keep to still keep a number one pick this year, a number one and three this year, and still have our one next year. But I don't think Minnesota will go for that. It sounds like they would have to. They would I mean, probably if go. If I were Minnesota's more. GM, I would. I mean, two twos, like yeah, especially in this draft where most teams have somewhere between ten to twenty guys that first round grades. So if you're not picking within maybe the top fifteen, and here's the thing, right? Is in the first. In the top 10, there will be probably three offensive linemen and three um, defensive ends or pass rushers that will go in the top 10. And then after that, it's like there's a big drop-off on, okay, who's next? Like no one really knows what's going to happen after those six guys go in some order in the top 10 picks. Right. So – other than Williams, and then we talked about Jordan Davis, possibly the Chiefs could move up to get. Is there anybody else out there that uh, possibly the Chiefs might look in the uh, maybe move up and get? Or I mean, is there real? Like I said, this this draft isn't the one to really move up unless it was that one player. So I don't. I mean, is there anybody else that might be that? Or so I I've been floating around the idea of if the Chiefs move into the top ten, but it wouldn't make sense because unless you're getting like Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan, who um, I've come to grow – like, he's grown on me. Um, I think he's going to be a really good pro. Kayvon Thibodeau is also someone who, if he slides out of the top ten, you got to start thinking about, you know, trading up for him because I think he's going to be an elite pass rusher in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, those two guys. And then aside from that, man, like I said, Jameis Williams Jameis, – Jamison Williams, he'd be a good one. Um, the, oh, sorry. The only other guy I would say is if the Chiefs moved into like, I think he'll go top 10, but even top 15 for some reason. Let's say he got out of 10. Derek Stingley Jr., the corner from LSU, um, or Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati. If either of those two guys happen to slide out of 10 to 15, you know, 10, mm-hmm. man, if the Chiefs moved all the way up to go get one of those guys, man, it's that's lockdown corner, you know, so, um, we talking like, like Marcus Peters like or oh, what do you no, think? Like, oh, yeah. yeah, Marcus Peters oh, yeah. gave up a lot of yards. <laughs> so <laughs> he was great at intercepting, but he he gambled a lot. No, man, Derek Singley, I think he has the potential to be like better than Patrick Peterson, I guess. Ramsey? Yeah, I mean, I guess that that'll probably be a little bit more fitting because he's like long and lanky, not as tall as Ramsey, but he is like that. Sauce Gardner is probably more like Jalen Ramsey than Singley is. But Derek Singley kind of – he might remind me more of a – like a Daryl Revis, which, I mean, Revis was locked down, you know. So, I mean, just think about Derek Singley Jr. as a freshman was practicing against guys like Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase mm-hmm. in practice, you know. So, as a freshman, and he was holding his own. He was a freshman All-American. So, yeah, that was three years ago. But We don't talk about, we don't talk about practice. That. Right. We'll talk about practice. But yeah, just think about that. You know, like he had amazing competition. Terrace Marshall, right, was another wide receiver that he was going up against with the practice. So, right. Um, so, yeah, like those would be my two guys, my three guys, I would say. 
if the Chiefs would move up for in that top 15, I guess it's four, Jameson Williams, Derek Singley Jr., Sasha Gardner, or um, Kayvon Thibodeau, man, I'd be like, Veach did, you know, Veach did it again. Like Veach the MVP once exactly. again. And then we still keep like our, maybe like a, at least a two in mm-hmm. the threes, you know, that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely find out here. It's uh, two days and counting. So it's, or sorry, two day, less than two days here uh, about to start. So, oh, man, it's my Super Bowl. Um, yeah, it's about time, right? So, all right. With that being said, that will conclude today's episode of the Red and Yellow Kingdom podcast. Uh, like I said, check back with us on Thursday. Uh, we will have our mock draft right up before the uh, official draft starts. Uh, I believe it's, uh, was it 7 p.m. Central? Yes. Uh-huh. I, thought, I thought so. I was just making sure. So uh, you definitely don't want to miss our mock draft there on Thursday. Uh, and uh, like I said, I think we both are kind of excited for it. And uh, it's it's going to be interesting with, like I said, all the 12 picks the Chiefs have, what they do. So definitely looking forward to that. Uh, so thanks again for everyone listening. Don't forget to follow our podcast and go Chiefs.